0: This message comes to you from City Bible Church in Portland Oregon, where we are committed to living like Jesus and sharing His love. It is our prayer that this message blesses and enriches your life. All right, Holy Spirit Encounter, that's what we've been talking about. Here's my slide, you don't have to, I'm not gonna spend enough time for you to write these down probably, uh, but I just wanna review them real quickly. A Holy Spirit Encounter, everyone say Holy Spirit. What well, we've been talking about for weeks now. An extraordinary divine appointment with God's presence. That's what I wanted to happen with everybody. And power that radically revolutionizes your life. Those are big words, faith words, deep words, but they can happen. And refreshes you with strength and, hopefully, a sharpened vision, a vision for yourself, your life, and everything else. But it comes through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the conduit of heaven To earth, to us, for everything that needs to happen. In filling encounter, I talked about living life full of the Holy Spirit, means you got to be filled constantly. Being filled with the Holy Spirit is not an event or an experience. It's a lifestyle. And if you think it's just a one-time thing, you totally missed the whole doctrine of the Holy Spirit. It's not, even though it can be a starting point, an experience, an event, a place, a time, etc. But it has to be a lifestyle where you drink, the Bible keeps talking about us drinking in the Holy Spirit, absorbing the Holy Spirit. So it is something you have to make a decision that you will take into your life and you will have an infilling. You will stay full of the Holy Spirit to the place that you will have overflow. Overflow means you have more than enough of spiritual activity, spiritual fruit, gifts of the Spirit, activity of the supernatural in life. You have more than enough, you have an overflow. If you're always underflow, or maybe even worse, no flow, or maybe even worse than that, no river at all, then that would be a problem. You need to kind of upgrade your Holy Spirit activity. Empower it. The empowering encounter is the encountering the power of the Holy Spirit that results in a level of passion. And I dealt with praying in the supernatural, praying in in, the Holy Spirit, and I kind of defined that, and I did really almost like an apologetics on it in the message I did to make sure you understood exactly what I meant when I said praying in the Spirit. You might want to download that message. Now, place encounter. This is my thought for you, and you're going to go home with it. Encountering God in a special place where the Holy Spirit impacts your life in a significant and meaningful way, a place. Well, I have some special places in the natural. When I first kissed my wife on top of Multnomah Falls, that was an event. When I proposed to her, I can remember the place I can remember the events, the experience, the emotion. I have some emotions that I have in places down in California where I was born and raised before I ever came to Oregon, at certain cities, certain beaches, certain places where certain things happened to me. If you know I go back to that place even now, 30, 40 years later, and I still feel the emotion of the place. The place will bring some kind of a feeling out of me that I haven't felt for many, many years, but the place has an impact and some kind of a secret code built into the very emotional fiber of my being that when I touch the place, the DNA comes alive. Well, in the Bible, the leaders in the Bible had places where God met them. And they would go back to the place. Abraham went back several times, so did Moses, so did Joshua. So did Paul. Places where they built altars. Places where a miracle happened. Places where they confronted an evil power. Places where they lost something significant. Places where God appeared to them and gave them a word for their lifetime. Your place. Here's a scripture for you. Joshua 3 verse 3. They commanded the people saying, when you see the ark, the ark represents the presence of God, the power of God, the voice of God. It was the most holy place in the tabernacle of Moses. Without the ark, there was no most holy place. But that ark represented the very life of God amongst Israel. Well, the ark was passing over Jordan as they were taking Canaan, and the scripture says they commanded the people saying, when you see the ark, representing power, presence, voice, guidance, Urim and the Thummim, the the direct and prophetic word of Jehovah himself, the, the provision of the manna and the pillar and all the stuff. The ark represented every bit of that. It says, now when you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God and the priests, the Levites who bear it, they had to bear it, four of them, with particular where they had to carry the ark, then you shall set out from your place And go after it. For you to find the place God has for you, sometimes you have to leave your place. And you have to go hard after what that represents to find the voice, the presence, the power. The the resource, the impartation, the the grace that comes out of what God wants to do in and through you. Sometimes you have to leave your place. And sometimes the place we're in is a place of comfort. It's a place of stuff. It's a place where we're tangled up with busyness and and life and decisions and, and disconnected things that are going on and a place of, maybe it has emotional worry and it has family worry and it has finance worry and I'm living in this place and you want me to leave this place and go after the ark, go after God. Well, I have so much stuff to do in this place. I don't have time to go after. Don't have a heart. I'm telling you right now, if you would leave your place and find the place of God, your place would go through a transformation. It would change. But we only stay sometimes with The place we have. The place I'm talking about is a special place that is not necessarily geographical. Not necessarily geographical. The place I have in God is internal, invisible, and I own it. I have a secret pass, a secret code. The gate opens. I enter. I know my place. If I need to get to that place, I know how to find that place. Nobody can stop me from going into that place, no matter where I'm at. I know how to raise my spirit to enter that particular door, to get to that secret place where the voice and the presence of God resides, and God has a word for me and can revive my vision, revive my heart. I know how to get to that place. I don't have to be at a prayer mountain. I don't have to be at some special geographical church service. I can be anywhere in the world, any room, any airplane, anywhere. And I know how to go to that special, secret place. I close my eyes, I get my pass, and I go there. No one else has a code for it. No one else can take my pass. No one else can go there for me. I have to go there myself. So I then, through the spirit of prayer, intercession, and through the Holy Spirit disciplines in my life and the voice of God, I go to that place and then I shut out. What do you think Jesus meant when he says, "Uh, go into your closet, shut the door, and pray? You think all of them had a closet? You think he was actually telling them to go home and find a room they would go into? He wasn't talking about a room. He was talking about a room in them. He was talking about a secret place they could have. He was talking about what the closet means is you shut out the world and you know how to get to the place where the presence and the fire of God begins to move in your life in such a way that you're revitalized and no one can touch it because it's the very place of God. Jesus knew about it. Jesus taught about it. Do you have a place? Well, my time's up. I just wanted to whet your appetite to let you know what you're missing. How many of you would like me to finish that message? That's point two of page one of five pages. And so I do have something to say about this place, how to find it, what it is, how you go there. And I'll probably now, do I have more weekends to do it? Of course I do. We'll make time. You know, if you never find that place, you don't know what you're missing. That's right. Right. That's true. If you found it and you lost it, go back. Yeah. Go back. Nothing yeah. like that place. True. The other day I was in my office and I was in that place. Yeah. But you wouldn't have known it because I was sitting in my chair leaning back. My eyes were closed. I was saying nothing. My daughter came in. What are you doing? I said, I'm um, meeting with God. Um, but you're not saying anything. What, are you praying? Yeah. Well, it looks like you're sleeping. <laughs> no. Why? Because the place that I have in me needs some quiet time. It needs to close the other doors of the soul and just get into that place. And man, I was in too, and I was listening to the Holy Spirit, and I was, I didn't want her to interrupt me, but I'm a good dad, and I said, yeah, that's what I'm doing, now get out. <laughs> I didn't want the interruption, but I was polite, and I said, no, I'm just doing this. She said, right, I'll talk to you later. He said, good idea. because right, I... I need that. I need the place. I need to be revived. I need to hear God. I need to soak in His presence. I need grace. I need help. I need thoughts. I need burdens to be sorted out. I need my place. Anybody on the campus today would say, Patrick Frank, and I need my place too. How many of you would say, You're reminding me I need to get back to my place? Come on. You know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about.